The readings from Joshua. Oh, the reading is from Judges. <laughs> the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash of the Asborites, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord said to him, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, If now I have found favour in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside and prepared a young goat from an ephra of flour. He made bread without yeast, and putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was an angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord's Peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Abanites. Thank you. So I'm hesitant bringing a passage like this on a day like Remembrance Sunday. Um, because this and many other passages in the Bible imply God's involvement in war. And so what do we do with that? And the last thing we need to be doing today is thinking about whose side we're on. By and large, for the last, well, many years, at least in this country, we've been able to keep war at arm's length. Our troops have been fighting 
uh, abroad. But it has been abroad. But for Gideon, war and conflict was on his doorstep every single day. He'd wake up in the morning and be reminded of it. Because he'd look out from where they were and see the tents of the Midianites spread out on the land like, like locusts, we're told. And he and the other Israelites had been forced up into the mountains to take shelter there. And the fact that he's threshing wheat in a wine press tells you everything you need to know. Threshing wheat should take place in an open space where the wheat can be separated easily from the chaff. Uh, but Gideon is doing it in a wine press. It's a bit like taking a bath in a sink. It's just a bit ridiculous. But he's doing that because the danger is that his crops will be stolen by the Midianites. They lived in constant fear of these marauding oppressors. And within that situation of fear and oppression, of great suffering, God appears. And the angel of the Lord sits down under the tree, just like Deborah. We looked at Deborah last week, who sat under the tree to judge Israel. Place of authority. The Lord comes and sits under the tree in authority. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you. My previous church, absolutely lovely church, lovely people. There was one brief season when effectively I was being bullied by two people. And I remember one Sunday morning, them turning up to the church, I saw them in the car park, and I felt fear. And I didn't hear an audible voice. But it was as close as an audible voice as I've ever heard from God. I, Do not fear, I am with you, God said. Now as God said that to me, I, I can't tell you just how reassuring that was. As God said that to me, I knew he wasn't saying, Dan, I'm with you and I hate them. Or, Dan, I'm with you and everything you do is brilliant. <laughs> he was reassuring me of his presence. God wants to reassure us of his presence today. The Lord is with you. And he calls Gideon mighty warrior. Now, I was once in a church and there was a, a prophetic call and they were calling out to the two young men sat at the back. Well, I was one of them, but I turned round. <laughs> but it can't be me. And Gideon maybe had a similar reaction. Mighty warrior, who are you looking at? It ain't me. But you see, God sees what we're going to become before we get there. And God knows what the future holds. 
we don't see so often what God sees. And this is why we pray on earth as in heaven. May the reality of heaven come to earth. May what is being said in the heavens come to pass here on earth. Now, I love Gideon because he is not afraid to ask questions. He's like a Moses and not afraid to challenge. Now, I don't think he knows who he's talking to just yet. Pardon me, sir, he says. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Do you know it's okay to ask questions? It's okay to shout at God. It's okay to say, Lord, what is going on? And if you notice one thing here, just God does not condemn him for asking questions. Or saying, what's going on, Lord? Now, actually, the people had cried out to the Lord before. And God had sent a prophet to explain to them why what was happening to them was happening. You see, they'd done evil in his sight and the Lord had handed them into the hands of the Midianites. And the prophet comes and tells the Israelites, listen, I've, I've done all this for you. I've brought you up out of slavery. I've rescued you. I've delivered you. I've done this and I've told you that I'm your God and I've given you my laws but you didn't listen. So he actually already has the answer. But maybe he just he hasn't put two and two together. Penny hasn't dropped. We just don't know. Gideon still asks, why? Why is all this happening? If you're with us, well, it doesn't look like it right now, Lord. And what God sees isn't necessarily what we can see right now. Where are you, Lord? Where's God? If he's with us, do you know what? It seems like he's abandoned us. It's okay to throw your toys out of the pram. It's okay. Now, you can ask God questions, but by and large in the Bible, when people do ask God questions, he doesn't give them the answer they want. <laughs> and God doesn't generally play the games that we want him to play. But he does say, I'm going to do something about this. He says, go in the strength you have and save Israel. Am I not sending you? The Lord is going to do something about it. Good news. Bad news, Gideon. He's going to do it through you. <laughs> Go in the strength you have. Now, how much strength did Gideon have? Not a lot. And in fact, any strength he was going to muster, God was then going to take it away. <laughs> Go in the strength you have. Not a lot. 
Do you ever feel weak and vulnerable? Do we ever feel like, I, I just can't do this? Go with what you've got. It's in the going, in the obedience to God's word, that God will equip us and give us his answer, whatever that might be. If we just stay back and don't go, because we just think, well, I can't do this, we'll never get to know the power and the strength of the Lord. Sometimes we have to go when we don't know what we're doing, and we don't know how it's all going to turn out. We just got to go for it. My wife's just walked out. But I married her not knowing what I was letting myself in for. <laughs> but I went for it anyway. <laughs> and I've needed God's strength for that ever since. Oh, it's too easy, isn't it? But my daughter's here, she'll tell me off. Go in the strength you have. Am I not sending you? Wow. And then, of course, Gideon is thinking, who, me? Pardon me. I, I, how, how can I save Israel? I'm like the lowest of the low. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I am the least in my family. Well, that's why I've chosen you, Gideon. Because... God loves it when we know our own weaknesses. It's when we think we're really strong and we can handle this without him, well, we're not that much used to him. But when we're aware of our own vulnerabilities and, our, uh, and all the rest of it, do you know, then God can do something. God works with broken vessels. God takes those who are failures, God employs those who others would write off as a hopeless case. God takes you and he takes me. And God can do amazing things through us. Now, pardon me for getting a little bit technical for a moment. This is the NIV, which is a translation of the Bible. And 99% of the time it's absolutely brilliant. It's a great translation. However, I don't know if you noticed verse 16 of this passage. Let me remind you. that It says, The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Sounds quite brutal. Uh, and normally the NIV is very good, but in this verse, they take it too far. And a better translation would be the New King James Version, where it says this, You shall defeat the Midianites as one man. It's not as extreme. It's not, it doesn't take it quite so far. And that is in a more accurate translation of the original. Now, it does raise up questions for us, doesn't it? And today, we're remembering those people of Pembury who gave their lives in the two world wars. But all over the world, People are remembering their loved ones who've died and people in Palestine, people in Israel, people in Ukraine, parents of Russian soldiers and so on, are all mourning the loss of loved ones. 
And if we just read this passage in isolation, we might think God's on the side of the Israelites and he's against the Midianites. But the thing is, the wider picture is that God has used the Midianites to oppress the Israelites, if we're honest. It's just that God doesn't see it like we see it. It's complicated. And he's not taking sides. And yet he doesn't walk away when people are being oppressed. Now, does that make us a bit uncomfortable? Yes, it does. Is there an easy answer to this? No, there isn't. But we do have to look at the bigger picture when we look at Scripture. We also have to remember the context of this passage. The bloodthirsty world uh, that this was, that Gideon lived in. And then Gideon asks for a sign and God patiently gives him a sign. Brings an offering. The angel waits for him. And then when the, the, the offering is burned up by the angel and then the angel disappears, the penny fully drops for Gideon. Oh my goodness, woe is me. I've seen the Lord, the angel of the Lord, face to face. But God says to him, peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. And so Gideon builds an altar to the Lord and calls it, the Lord is peace. And what I want to say this morning is, the Lord is peace. It's not only that he brings peace, but he is peace. That's who God is. Jesus, our Prince of Peace, the Lord is peace. Do we understand? No. Do we have all the answers? No. Do we live in difficult days? Yes. But the Lord is peace. And I believe this isn't just something God wants us to hear in our heads, it's something he wants us to know in our hearts. Peace which passes all understanding. Get that? It passes understanding. <laughs> we can't get our heads around it. But it's who God is. So right now, we're just going to have a moment of quiet. I pray, Lord, that we would know your peace this morning. That we would know you as peace this morning. Amen. I want to thank you for being my brothers and sisters. I get to look at you now and I I want to thank you for being my brothers and sisters. Yeah, bless you. Just going to quote Led Zeppelin. There's a whole lot of love. <laughs>